Today, we're going to be talking about love. Someone asked me this morning, what are you going to be talking about today? And I said, oh, we're going to be talking about love. And she said to me, oh, that's the easiest and hardest topic to be talking about. And I said, yeah, it is. Because if you think about love, just even the word love, it can mean so many things. And so it's really hard when someone says, the word love, to know what context are we talking about and what does that look like. So the very first time I heard the word agape was when I was about 10 or 11 and I was reading a book called God Smuggler and it's about the, um, this person called Brother Andrew and this is what he said when he was in a communist country delivering Bibles to people. It was Sunday morning and I woke up very early, anxious to join my fellow Christians in the lovely garden of a land. The clerk at the hotel eyed me dubiously when I asked for a church. We don't have many of those, you know, he said. Besides, you couldn't understand the language. Don't you know, I said, Christians speak a kind of universal language. Oh, what's that? It's called agape. Agape? Never heard of it. Too bad, it's the most beautiful language in the world. Anyhow, how do I get to a church? And then he goes on and talks about the church that he went to and then he comes back to the hotel and he says, that night back in my hotel, the clerk called to me. Say, he said, I looked up the word agape in the dictionary and there's no language by that name. That's just the Greek word for love. That's it, I said. I was speaking it all afternoon. And so since that moment, I've always loved the idea that agape means love. And it is the Greek word for love. But as this video explained to us, it really, when the people were writing the New Testament and talking about love, they had Jesus in mind. And so as I was thinking about what to do and what I felt like God wanted me to talk about this morning, he actually said to me, I actually don't want you to do much talking this morning. I want you to actually remind people that they know what this is all about already. And so I've got some questions that, as I said, we were going to break up into groups and talk about, but we're going to do it just collectively. So the first question we're going to look at today is, what are some ways that Jesus showed agape love? So have a think about it. What do we know about Jesus when he walked on earth and how did he show the kind of agape love that we're talking about this morning? Well, this goes back to kind of what I was thinking in worship. Jesus, he's so worthy of being in the um, inner room of the temple, but he was in the temple courts and he was in the homes of everyday people and um, in the streets like that's the kind of love he has. It's a choice love to, um, to stoop lower than what he is worthy of um, and to see us as worthy of that love. Yeah, that's a great point. You think that Jesus, who is God himself, lowered himself to actually be among his people and among people that even those who were living on earth didn't actually think very highly of. What else? Back then, the servants, like the lowest in the house, would be the ones that came and washed feet. But Jesus actually demonstrated that. So he was willing to 
cleaned the poop off people's feet as they walked in the door, which was like, what are you doing? But he showed that that's the example of us being servants to each other. Yeah, good point. Anybody else have any thoughts? He gave forgiveness even when there was no apology or people didn't seek it. Yeah, what a great point, Sky. To be able to forgive when they didn't even ask, they weren't even sorry, and they weren't even changing their ways. He's dying on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them. That is agape love. We sometimes call it unconditional love. Is the, is a word, is the probably the English word that we would put in. So think about it for yourself. What has Jesus done for you that has shown his unconditional love, his agape love? Well, for me, it's a lot to do with long-term issues that I have that God keeps forgiving me and accepting me daily. So it's not like, yeah, it's just like an ever-present understanding that he's always forgiving me. His ongoing grace towards us is pretty cool, isn't it? Um, just on that, reminds me of his patience. Um, when we are working through stuff in our life um, and we're being sanctified to be more holy. So I think, yeah, he's so patient with us and he goes at um, our pace, which is really cool. Yeah, that's one thing that I just think, boy, because God knows everything... His patience is just unending, isn't it? And even if you haven't and don't want to share in the microphone, have a think for yourself. What's something that God has done that has shown his unconditional love? There's a verse in Psalms that says, when I close my eyes and go to sleep and I wake up the next morning, it's because the Lord sustains me. And so even the fact that we get to sleep and wake up. We get to breathe and we get to live a life that's this life shows his unconditional agape love. So not only did Jesus love when he was in person, Jesus is continuing to love us that way. First John tells us that we love because he first loved us. And so I just want to stop right here and say that if you have never experienced the unconditional love of God, it is there for you. And it doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't matter anything because it's actually all about who Jesus is. And Jesus is the one who continues to love, continues to show grace, continues to show mercy when it's deserved and when it's not. When we are praising him and when we are ignoring him. His love is consistent his love never changes and his love is for you even if I don't 
know your name. And that is something hard to get our heads around. And so if you find that hard for you to believe that for yourself, can I ask you to this week talk to someone? If you find it hard to believe that God actually loves you completely, he wants to show you, he wants you to know, he wants you to experience his unconditional love. And for some of us, we can be Christians for years and years and still think, "Mm, I don't know how much God loves me. This is my story for many years. I used to think that God loved me, but he loved everybody else more. So I wasn't denying his love. I was just denying the amount of love he had for me compared to anybody else, regardless of who that person was. But if we do not know and experience the love of God, we are so missing out and that is not what God wants for us. So if that is you, again, can I encourage you this week to talk to someone, to know for yourself that you are completely and utterly loved by God. Because the next part that we're going to be talking about is pointless if we don't know and understand the love that God has for us. Because the two greatest commandments is to love God, but is also to love others. And First John, as I said before, says that we love because he first loved us. So if we do not know and experience the love of God, but if we don't know God's love, then it's hard for us to love others, particularly in the way that God would love us to. So the next question is, how do you go loving people who know God? So if we think of this agape love, this unconditional love, How do you go loving people in God's family with that kind of love? Just organising to spend time. So it might be a meal, might be going out, might be just having a band practice or something. Yeah. Yeah. Giving of ourselves and giving of our time, thinking about each other. Oh, yes, someone's trying to speak Lockie. Yeah, I was just thinking like like showing more grace and more patience than you think is logical. I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like sometimes you think you're just being I, – I particularly think of some of the, you know, the young people that I work with. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm probably just enabling their, you know, their behaviour by showing this much care and concern for them. But then often God's like, well, no, that's, you know, sure you've got to have boundaries, but – it goes beyond what you think is, is logical because, um, yeah, that was God's love for us goes beyond our understanding. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Giving grace when we think we're at the end of our grace. Being patient when our patience ran out long ago. What about for those who aren't followers of God? 
is it easier for you or harder for you to show unconditional love for those who don't know God? Because it can go both ways sometimes. For some people, we have higher standards. You should know better. You are trying to follow God and you're... I'm not happy with the way that you are at the moment and so my grace for you is less. And so it's harder for us to have unconditional love for those who know God than for those who don't. But then for others it goes the other way. That for those who don't know God, our patience because they just don't understand is limited. God tells us, or Jesus said, that one of the ways that people will know that we are his disciples is the way that we actually love one another. So if the way that we love those within the church is not remarkable, I think something needs to change. If we love the same way as someone who doesn't know God, how do we actually make a difference and stand out at all? If we can't show patience for the person who is far from God, well, when we show patience for the person who's far from God, what a great testimony that can be to them. Boy, why are you continuing to show me patience? Everybody else has given up and you haven't. Because God gives me the strength. And that can be a fantastic testimony for the people that we know and even the people that we just happen to meet. So how are you going loving how God loves. If we're his ambassadors, then love should be a hallmark of how people see us. One of the values that we have as a church, well, one of the DNA statements says that we love without limits. And so that's a statement that we make about us as a community. And so how are we going with that? How are we going actually loving in the way that God wants us to? I used to get freaked out thinking about how much God expected us to love. And I used to go, but there's no way I can possibly love all of those people. Like it's just impossible. And it made me want to shut down. And I'm quite an extrovert, so that was a big thing for me, until I realised that God actually gives us a sphere of influence. And the people that he's placed you with are those that you need to pour your love into. So it might be your home church, it might be your home group, it might be, you know, people you're doing uni with or whatever the situation is. How can you care about them? How can you show God's love to them? So when I could 
handle it better in my mind, thinking God's only actually given me these 15 people right now and that may change. Like in two years, I might not be pouring into them as much, but he'll bring me someone else. So that made it a lot more doable for me. Yeah, that's a good point. I've always thought that um, praying for people is a way of showing love to God, or for God, no, and for for your neighbours and that. But I don't I don't know what to think of much because I've been praying for family members for years to become Christians, and they still haven't yet. But who knows? Your question about loving those far from God, I could take it another notch further. I've got a daily list of people that I pray for, for that they may know God and he would reveal himself. And it was a fairly, it was the list was getting bigger and bigger. God had put people in my heart and I felt, I felt pretty good about it. Hey God, I'm doing a good job. I'm praying for you. so many people. And I really felt, I was really challenged and convicted one day and I felt like he said, yeah, but everybody on that list you like. And I, oh, ooh, it was true. I was selective about who I was praying for. And he's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. That's a really good point, Noel. Because loving the way that God loves means that we don't pick and choose who we actually love. And if you think about it, it's easy to love those who love you. Sometimes not always, but most of the time, when, you, when it's a reciprocal relationship with our family, with our friends, it is easy. But to actually love without limits is about loving even when it's not reciprocated. To love not in our own strength, but in God's strength. And that's where it actually becomes an easier thing than a burden because it's whose strength are we doing this in? If I'm trying to love people, that only gets me so far. But if I love because I know that God loves me, and if I love this person not because I particularly love them, but because I know that God does, that becomes an easier way to actually connect and love with some love people. So what hinders you from loving? I don't need to hand out the microphone, I'm happy to, but just have a think to yourself. What actually hinders you? There may be a person that comes to mind and you go, can clearly see why I'm hindered. There's a parable that Jesus tells about the sheep and the goats. And he's talking about how you were hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was in prison and you visited me. And I just want to have a read of it. It's found in Matthew. If you've got your Bibles, feel free to turn to it. 
It's in Matthew 25. I'm just going to start reading from verse 34. So Matthew 25, I'm going to start at 34. Then the king would say to those on his right, Come to you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when were you a stranger and we invited you in or needing clothes and we clothed you? When we, did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these my brothers or sisters, you did for me. Now, the advantage that I think most of us have in this space is that we do have the ability to give someone some water if they need it. That we all have the ability to probably give some food if someone was hungry. There are things that we can do right in front of us that shows God's love. And in this passage, the people say, well, when, when did this happen? Because they didn't know that whatever we do for the least of these, we're actually doing it as if we're doing it to Jesus. And so they weren't making a big deal about it going, oh, yes, I'm feeding people for Jesus. They were just doing what is in front of them. What is in their hand? What have they got Is there a need? How can they help? Even if there's not a need, how can they generously give out of what God has given to them? Because we love, not because the other person deserves it, not because of anything, but because God first loved us. And because we know how much we've been loved by God, his love flows out to those around us. And so this isn't about doing more. It's more about just opening up our eyes and seeing what God's put in front of us. That's how we love without limits because we don't put a limit on what God asks us to do. We don't say, oh, sorry, God, I've done my dues for the day. I'm done. We don't say, oh, sorry, God, they're beyond my love, I can't love them, someone, someone else. Loving without limits is not about our capacity. It's about God's capacity and God loves everyone. So we don't have to love every single person because we don't have the capacity to do that. But we should not limit who we love because it's not dependent on them It's all got to depend on God and they are made in the image of God. So we love because of the love that God has for us that isn't dependent on them and isn't actually even dependent on us because our love flows 
out of our understanding of who God is and what he's done for us. And then what do we see? One of the very first deep conversations I ever had with Kelly is we were driving somewhere and I said to her, oh, been meaning to talk to you because you were so active in helping people beyond yourself. Like she was in so many different committees and running like things for homeless people and things for foster care. Like the time that I was talking to her, she was doing 101 different things. And I remember saying to her, I just get too overwhelmed. And because I get too overwhelmed, I do nothing. And so Kel said something to me that I have, I probably had heard it before, but I remember going, oh yeah, that's how I want to live. And she said, well, just do something. You don't have to do everything. But don't do nothing just because you can't do everything. Do something. And you never know, unless the person tells you, but I've had many, many times when I've sent a text message to someone just because I felt like I should, and the response was like, wow, that was so necessary, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think I was doing anything more than just saying, hey, I'm thinking about you and I know this is happening in your life and want to remind you of it or sometimes we do something and we think we're just doing a little thing, but we never know how God wants to use that to show his love. Now, sometimes he asks us to do big things. And if it's God that's asking, he gives us what we need to be able to do it. So loving without limits and being a church that loves without limits means that we do not say, no, I will not love in that way. No, I will not love that type of person. Because that is not the God that we serve. We serve a God that says, if you love me, I love you unconditionally. If you are sort of wondering about me, I love you unconditionally. If you do not even think about me, I love you unconditionally. If you claim that you hate me and you try and tell people that I do not exist, I love you unconditionally. That's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of God that we are wanting to become more like. And so to be a community that loves without limits isn't about doing everything. It's about doing what God's asked us and not putting a limit on what God can say or what he can't say. I had a friend once who said, I don't want, I never want God to send me to Africa. And you're like, oh, well, partly you go, well, God probably won't send you to Africa if you're like that dead against it. But if it's God himself who's sending you, it's probably better to be in Africa than in Australia. And if that's the attitude that we have because we know the love that God has for us, then we can look and say, hey, God, I love you. I know that you love me more than anybody else. So whatever you ask me to do, not only is it the best for me, but you will give me the ability and the strength to do it. And when we have that attitude, loving without limits, 
It's just about opening our eyes and seeing what's in front of us and seeing how we can encourage people. How can we be generous? How can we meet a need? How can we be God for the people around us without limiting what God can say or limiting who God can say we can do it towards? And I think being a community that does that is so much easier than being an individual that does because it means we can actually help each other out. We can be generous towards each other to help fill up our tanks as we be generous to others. When our kids were really little, we taught them this saying. We said, we are a family that thinks about others. And we used that a lot. I would say to the kids, oh, dad's off at a meeting or dad's going and doing this because he's thinking about others. Or Matt would say, oh, Tanya's doing, like mum's doing this because she's thinking about others. And oh, how can you think about others? And I don't know if Daniel remembers this, but Daniel said, but mum, if I think about others, who thinks about me? And I said, well, that's a good point. But you know what? If we all think about each other, then no one misses out. So as mum and dad and you two, if the four of us, we're not only thinking about others, but we think about each other, then we'll, we'll cover each other. And if no one else thinks about us, God does. And so between the four of us and God, we'll be good. And there's the same in this space. If your concern is, what about me? That can sometimes be a valid concern. But trust that to God. Trust that he will cover you, either just because of his spirit and who he is, or if we're all thinking about others, you include the others that other people are thinking about. And so hopefully we all cover each other as well as cover whoever else God wants us to because our God is a God who is kind and generous and merciful and gracious, not just to the other, but to me and to you. And so you can never give more than what God has given to you. And he's never going to ask you to do more than he will give you the strength to do. So instead of thinking about what, about me, and it's all too much, what is in front of me? What is God asking? And that is the limit so we love without limits because God has no limits. And it's not about loving every single person, but it's not saying, I'm not going to love that kind of person or I'm not going to do that kind of thing because that's too much. Because we know we love because God first loved us. And so when we're drained and finding it hard to love, ask God to remind you of how much he loves you. The Bible tells us that those who have been forgiven much, forgive much. And I think it's the same with love. When we know how much we've been loved, it's so much easier to love others because we know the love that we've been given. And so the love that we give to others flow out of the love that God's given to us. And that's what loving without limits is all about. Not about the person, but about the God that we serve 
the love that he's offered to us, we offer to others, not because they deserve it, but because God loves them and we're his ambassadors. And so why don't we show them the kind of love that we know from God himself? Let me pray. Lord God, loving without limits is just one of the DNA points of our church, God. But I pray, Lord, that it will be one that we are so known for, God, that we do not put limits on how we love or on who we love, God, that our love comes straight from you, God, that we don't just give people what they want to make them happy because that's not what you do either, God. Your love is not about happiness. Your love is about what is best. And so God, help us to be people who know your best for us, who know your agape, unconditional love, Lord. And out of the fact that you love us, help us to be a community and individuals that love others not when it's just convenient or easy, not just for those who love us back, but whoever you ask and whenever you ask God. Amen.